Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Well, two things went one and three this week. My predictions for last week <laughs> and the Wild themselves. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely been a struggle. So here we are. Uh the Wild beat the Penguins. And, well, I was wrong about that. Wrong about the uh, Wild beating St. Louis and Vancouver. <laughs> and then I was right about the Wild losing to Calgary. Oh, goody. Um, just, mm, I don't know. Eh, here we are. But the Pittsburgh game was a lot of fun. And the Wild did gain a couple points uh, besides the uh, the victory over Pittsburgh. So I guess it's like a 500 week at the end of the day. The Wild get four out of a possible eight points. Yay. Uh the Wild should have beaten Vancouver. They could argue they should have beaten St. Louis after tying it up. But, I don't know. It just wasn't meant to be. The Pittsburgh game was a lot of fun. A team that uh, had we just beaten the Winnipeg Jets a few days before. Felt good about it. And then here we are, uh, crushing the Pittsburgh Penguins at home after crushing them on the road not that long ago. Uh, Charlie Coyle emerged great, uh, very nicely anyway. Jake Gensel was able to rack up a, an assist in the game after starting his career a uh, week before, scoring his first goal. Uh, Charlie Coyle had a lot of chances at a hat-trick, wound up with two goals in the game. Ultimately, we're going to kind of more talk about the situation, kind of state of the wild in a sense, without being overly state of the wild. But frustration definitely kind of taken over, and obviously Mr. Boudreau definitely taking... Uh, Definitely holding everybody accountable on the roster. Everybody from Zach Parisi down to Nate Prosser. It's, it, his frustration has definitely been uh, it's been going on behind the scenes. And uh, they've been talking about that. There was a five-minute conversation between Boudreaux and Parisi, and it was all Boudreaux talking. So it makes you wonder what was being said there, other than, well, the top line. He was very disgusted with the top line against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll get to that a little bit, too, that game. Um, but this one, we'll enjoy this one for the moment. Parisi, this was easily his best game, and I picked the Wild to, or I picked the Wild to lose the game, but Parisi to score a goal. Well, Parisi did score. Coyle, uh, the top line, did awesome in this game, but then it just seemed to disappear after that. Uh, very fun, indeed. The uh, The third line 
had really stepped up during the course of this week, though this was pretty much the top two lines, uh, of course. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, though, too, as well, really getting uh, keeping the puck on net. He's been getting power play time, and now he's getting points. Now he's scoring. He's getting assists. He's even putting the puck past the goalie with that powerful shot. You're finally seeing Jonas Brodeen on the power play, and it's paying off. And, wow, he's got more points than Matt Dumba. He's got more points than uh, Jared Spurgeon. Who would have thought Jonas Brodeen would have more points than those two guys? Really cool to see. Uh, Brodeen was just saying, yeah, he never got a chance to be on the power play. And now that he is getting that chance, he's getting points. It's that simple. And it's happening. And it's working. So, what the hell? You know, (laughs) why not, huh? He got three power play goals in this game. How cool is that? Three assists for Jonas Brodeen in this game. Assisting on the Niederreiter goal in overtime. Or, what am I talking about? The Niederreiter goal on the power play, pardon me, to make it 2-0. He assisted on the Granlin goal in the second period, which made it 5-1, to one, late in the second period, and then midway through the third, assisted on Nieder, Niederreiter's second goal. He almost had two guys at the hat-trick in the game, but uh, Brodeen got the uh, got the assist hat-trick in this one. Granlin also racking up the points along the way in this game. Very cool, getting a goal and an assist. Very happy to see these guys stepping up and showing what they can do. Uh, Granlin with 14 points in the season. Jonas Brodeen already with double digits. I mean, last season, it took the whole year to get there. And here he is now. Uh, Brodeen really struggled last year offensively. He was almost invisible last season. His, his defense was all right. Not spectacular, but it was all right. Um, but, man, double digits already, only 23 games into the season. How cool is that? Awesome. Um, he didn't score another point the rest of the way. But, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take a three-point game. From Brodeen, a 6-2 victory. We all felt great about the Wild. Then you have the back-to-back heading into St. Louis, Saturday, November the 26th. Of course, it was Friday the 25th when the Wild uh, (laughs) played on Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, right uh, after I recorded the show. Of course, the next day, anyway, the next day afterward. uh, Koivu, twice this week, had nice little one-timers and good passes from Zucker. Centering passes from Zucker, he had the nice one-timer put in, his fourth goal of the season in this case. Zucker really racking up the assists. He's been on a point streak the past five games, and he's really moved up the scoring. <laughs> the scoring. He was way down there, like about seven points for like eternity. Now he's got 13. He's got 10 assists on the season. Nice, nifty centering pass. He, he's been great in that category this season. Kind of almost, again, like I said on last show, similar to Granlund in, in that case, the way he can he can dish that centering pass. Just not quite as good. Um, he's not quite as good, but he's good at that one when he's kind of behind the net and dishes it out to Koivu or Niederreiter most of the time. Those are the guys that usually score in those on those plays because they're usually on the same line, but occasionally when he's on the fourth line, it went to, it went to Grayavok. Grayavok, unfortunately, hasn't scored a point since Pominville will step up later on this week as well. It seems like every time I named somebody the James Shepard Memorial. They have a big game, uh, at least one big game, or maybe even a big week, and Pommonville had a big game <laughs> later on against Vancouver. Uh, unfortunately, Wild gets zero points in that game. Oh, man. Mm. The St. Louis game, it looked like the Wild were going to be okay for a while there, and then Jaden Schwartz puts two goals in, two goals in a row past Devin Dubnik, probably getting a little tired, unfortunately, the poor guy. Uh, a lot of frustration going on there, some mistakes defensively. Back-to-back goals within a minute in that third period, and next thing you know, St. Louis is up 3-2 to two after the Wild had worked their butts off to be up 2-1. to one. Luckily, Coyle scores late in the third period off a great pass from Eric Stahl. He was able to finish it. <laughs> Gotta love how that took place. Late in that third period, the Wild had the empty net. It was a pass from Stahl, kind of a, kind of a juicy rebound at the same time, and Coyle was able to finish it. Eighth goal of the season. 
So it was his third goal in two nights. Coyle continuing to climb the ladder here in the scoring category. Really nice to see him doing that. Uh, Stall and Coyle pretty much leading the team in scoring along with Ryan Suter most of the season. Um, the Wild tie it up, but all for naught is the shootout. Just the Wild suck at the shootout. It's safe to say they suck at it. Um, zero goals. Zero. Uh, Coyle got to lead things off for the Wild after Dubnik made a pretty nice stop on Fabry. Coyle comes up, and he just runs out of room in the Wild. They, they try to make too many moves on these shootouts, and they run out of space, and guess what happens? You can't turn around. It's over. You just run out of space, and then it goes right into the goalie's leg. Yay. And that was Jake Allen, of course. Tarasenko couldn't couldn't get the puck on that. We are lucky there. Parisi put in about his most pathetic, most pathetic uh, attempt I've ever seen. I mean, what are these guys trying to do? They just come in all slowly, and they make about 16 moves, and... Nothing happens, and there it is. They end up getting stopped again. Koivu, same thing, tried to go with the patented backhand, but it just seemed like a lackadaisical effort. David Perron then got one past Dubnik right through the legs. He just went underneath his legs, and then Granlin couldn't even get it on net. And, yeah, we got all excited getting a 6-on-5 situation, scoring at the empty net, which is so exciting when you're able to pull that off. You think you're going to gain momentum, go into overtime, win the game, but it didn't happen, and the Wild end up with one point, and St. Louis does it. Woohoo. Same same thing will happen in Calgary later on, of course. Tuesday, November the 29th, you feel real good about the Wild against Vancouver. This is not a good team. They've been playing better, yes, but not a good team. And the Wild opening things out pretty well with Jason Pominville scoring a goal early in the first, early in the second. <laughs> Two goals for Jason Pominville again after getting talked about on the last show in a negative light. He's regaining that little shot there. His, his first goal was kind of lucky a little bit, but that second one was the classic Jason Pominville rifle shot where he's kind of getting closer to the net and then just unloads. And it was a beauty. That was like a professional. That, the, those, are the, those are the good goal scorers that can pull that off. Just a rifle shot that he used to have before when he was a 30-goal guy. Fifth goal of the season. I loved it. That was awesome. And then Vancouver scores four straight goals. Two goals in a very short span. Six minutes after Pominville. It was like a two-minute uh, differential <laughs> between Brandon Sutter and Ben Hutton's goals, uh, both on the power play. Wild getting in, in, into issues there with the penalties, bad penalties, stupid penalties, and Vancouver capitalizing. <sighs> and it's it's one of those things. Once it's like Kemper, it's like he either gets a shutout or he gives out or he gives up four goals. It's just uh, once you see him start to score on him, it's just going to keep happening. Louis Erickson early in the second or third period buries it for his sixth goal of the season. Bo Harvard just a minute later. See, that's 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 uh, Kemper. I mean, if you can't just get the puck out of the zone, Kemper is going to give it up again. There was bad defense on the play, but it's just I don't know. It's like Kemper loses something once once the puck gets past. He starts thinking about it. Once one puck gets past him, he starts thinking about it, and once the second one gets past him, he really starts to think about it. And then boom! I mean, he gives up multiple goals in a short period of time. St. Louis taking a four to three lead. Next thing you go, you get Zucker on a breakaway only a minute later. And it's like, okay, I guess we'll be all right. Because everybody pretty much turned out their TV set when it was 4-2. to th- four to two. It's like, yeah, we lost. Screw this crap. Zucker goes on the breakaway, getting our hopes up. And then Eric Halla burying, uh, burying one after Suter got it on net. Eric Halla burying the rebound for his fourth goal of the season. Eric Halla continuing to be one of the better gophers in, uh, in the NHL now. One of the better former gophers. <laughs> Obviously, he had lost time in the... Uh, but... It, now he's already at 16 games, so he, he better start racking those points up with that third line. <laughs> and he's, he's in the process of doing that, I would hope. Um, 
Zucker again, like I said, you know, he's been on a point streak and he's getting, getting two assists in this one uh, as he fed the puck to Halla up to Pominville, that, you know, that line working together there. That's an interesting group right there, Pominville with Zucker. Hmm, Zucker on the third line, kind of, it's just Boudreaux shuffling. That was with Pominville's second goal anyway. Um, but Halla able to get our hopes up. We tie it up. And then Steven Barsky, another softy from Kemper, just devastating. It was also bad defense, but you'd hope Kemper would be able to stop it anyway. Uh, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, and this was just not his night. Fifth goal of the season, or excuse me, fifth goal of the game, third goal for Barsky. And this was with about two and a half minutes remaining, and the Wild do not finish things. They take, they pull the goalie, but nothing going. The Wild can't get, <laughs> just can't get the puck past uh, Miller, who the Wild have been known to butt kick in the past. They didn't know to really score on this guy in the past, but they couldn't get it done this time around. Uh, they put the they had they were so aggressive the whole night. Forty two shots on goal, but Miller was able to stop thirty eight of them. So again, four goals. You'd hope you're going to win the game when you score four goals, but when you give up five, it's pretty much like the hell with that. It's game over. And Kemper, all of those goals were against. Unfortunately, not one of them was an empty netter or anything. <laughs> So Kemper's goals against average soaring in this case. Uh, Gustav Olsen's first action in the NHL in a year. Very cool to see him back in there. He was a plus one. You saw him and uh, him and Suter having a nice, friendly conversation off and on throughout the game. Kind of cool. Smiling, learning, ch- talking. It was nice. Uh, Gustav Olsen has been wonderful down in Iowa. Developing very nicely. I'm looking forward to Olsen's uh, future in the National Hockey League. I think it will be taking place. Pretty soon, maybe as soon as next year, um, maybe later this year. You never know, depending on injuries. You never know what's going to happen. Um, guys get hurt. They do. I mean, Scandella missed a ton of time. He's been back. I didn't even talk about it because you barely even notice him lately. Uh, he's been quiet. He did, he did get an assist in the game, though, so that's nice. He was able to get an assist along the way in this particular game. So he's that was on the first, uh, first Commonville goal early in the game there. Five minutes into the game, which got us all well, it got us encouraged. Unfortunately, we to come out of this one with no points, pretty devastating. Uh, the Wild don't play Vancouver again until February fourth, and then March twenty fifth. Hopefully, we can make up for that. Unfortunately, Vancouver has two home games, and the Wild only one in that situation. We had to Calgary, Alberta, Calgary, Alberta. Well, we're going to be playing Canada for quite a bit here because you go to Vancouver, Calgary, and then of course in the next com- upcoming week. You get two games with Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> but in between that, Toronto, Ontario. So the Wild will be hanging out in Canada for a while. Hopefully, things turn a little better than they have been. Um, the Calgary game, you know, another winnable game. The Wild played better in this one. It wasn't as sloppy. And, of course, you had Dubnik and Ned, who is much more consistent. But I I don't know. He's, he's, he's decent in the shootout. Not great. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he gave up one goal. It wasn't like it was one, two, three, but it's still sad. Uh, Chris Stewart kept in the lineup, or Chris Stewart has been kept in the lineup because, well, he has more of a personality. They saw uh, the, the talk also with Boudreaux is that they're very quiet. This is a very quiet team, and he wants guys talking more. Maybe that's partially what <laughs> Boudreaux was saying to Zach Parisi. Chris Stewart, one more, I mean, more of a raw, raw guy than some of the other players on the team, and he scores a rare goal here. His third goal of the season. Fourth liner, of course, Chris Stewart. We all know who he is. Um, and he also, uh, this was also a situation where the Wild brought up Curtis Gabriel. You know, one of the specific big, big shot, you know, tough guys 
in Iowa, who's been a draft pick for the Wild. They were hoping he'd be up here at some point. He'll be a fourth liner if he ever is, though, because he's, you know, he's the classic tough guy type who's pretty much there to get physical, maybe rough somebody up if the situation presents itself. Calgary, again, took it very personal last time around when their star player, their young captain, had his finger broken from constant slashing. They accused the Wild of constant slashing throughout the game. And, I mean, it's like every team does it. I don't know, but they took a, they, they took a, <laughs> they took exception to it, and there was a very physical game all night. You kind of saw this coming. Um, it could have been a lot worse, though. But then again, you know, still very physical, lots of hits and such. Um, there was no fight in the game, but there were a lot of scrums. There was a... There was kind of a cheap shot, a semi-cheap shot by Jason Zucker. Not the worst thing you ever saw near the end of the third period, which almost cost the Wild the game because you you have the power play heading into overtime. And you could argue it it hurt the Wild significantly because they couldn't... (laughs) The Wild couldn't really get the puck on that the entire... They couldn't, they, they couldn't even get the puck in the Calgary zone the entire time in, in, in OT. Obviously, it started off with the power play for Calgary, but at the same time, I mean, the Wild never got the puck out of their zone pretty much all of overtime, just for a couple seconds here. There's just, you know, a little chance here, and then next thing you know, Calgary's got the puck again. They'd out-physical, they'd out-work the Wild on the walls and, in, and in, just in man-to-man contact, and the, it was just so frustrating to watch. The Wild never seemed to control the puck in the latter stages of the game, and, well, Chad Johnson was as good as he needed to be. The Wild only managed 25 shots in goal, again, for the same reasons I was talking before, physicality, uh, Calgary played great defense, and they're improving. They're really moving up over there in that Pacific Division. It's not over for them at all. In fact, they're only two points behind the Edmonton Oilers at this point. Or dare I say at this stage, that would sound a little better. Only two points behind the Edmonton Oilers. You know, the team that was in first place. Now, all of a sudden, they're in third in the Pacific Division. Still a division leader, so it just shows how quickly things can change in the NHL. Luckily, (laughs) sometimes it takes forever, but look at Calgary. They're sitting there, and nobody's really running away with the division except kind of San Jose. They're finally starting to kind of take over the division lead there in the Pacific Division. Luckily, the Wilds still, just like Edmonton, still hanging around in third place in the Pacific Division because nobody's taking it away from them, and the Wild managing to get points out of (laughs) St. Louis and Calgary, so the Wild get four out of a possible eight. It's not good, but it's better than nothing. Uh, The Wild already with four overtime slash shootout losses on the year. They've won one overtime game this year. It felt great. It was awesome, but we're still waiting. That was against the Ottawa Senators uh, with Matthew Dumba, Matt Dumba, pardon me, putting the they're just rifling that puck on net and the Wild winning the game. You're not seeing a whole lot of that out of Dumba. Um, he hasn't been bad, but he certainly hasn't been anything special of late. Uh, boy, he sure he sure, he sure sure gets a lot of ice time, but still. Um, mm, frustrating. Frustrating, to say the least. Matt Dumba, you don't really... I don't know. You're, you're not really noticing the aggressiveness from him that you saw in the past, and that's why he doesn't have a whole lot of goals this season. Certainly not. <laughs> but luckily, he did get that overtime one, and that really <laughs> helps in a huge way. Dubnik was excellent the whole game. Spurgeon was awesome in this game. He was the best player for the Wild, I gotta think. Uh, it was all about Spurgeon and Dubnik. Yes, nice to see Chris Stewart be aggressive and all that, but Spurgeon made so many blocks, uh, six blocks in the game. One that saved the game very late in that third period and into the overtime period as well. Um, literally that puck would have gone in if not for uh, Spurgeon getting down and stopping it at the last second. Uh, Taking one for the team, all that good stuff, getting hit in the leg. (laughs) Stopping that puck, literally making like a goalie save without pads 
It was great. Uh, Calgary has won the season series, by the way, because they had a regular season win on Tuesday, November the 15th, and now an overtime uh, shootouts win over the Wild Friday, December the 2nd. So now you only have one more, February the 1st, and that one's in Calgary. Ouch. The Wild lost one nothing at home. Oh, I feel for the fans that had to watch that. What a joke. Chad Johnson stopping everything that came his way, but then there wasn't all that much that came his way in that one. It was strange. But Calgary has won the season series against the Wild. Ouch. Mm. Ugh, that sucks. Uh, again, we appreciate Zucker's beautiful centering pass, his 10th assist of the season. Like I was saying, where it was Koivu's, like the same play as earlier against St. Louis, one-timer up in the front. Is Koivu able to crash the net to a point maybe about 10 feet away? So he's fairly close to the net. Zucker centering pass from behind the net. Koivu one-timer. Beautiful play. And it's working. Hey, if it works, it works. Nice little play between those two. And there it is. Um, that tied the game fairly early in the third. And then again, like, grind it out. Went on after that. Penalties here and there. Not Nothing spectacular. Mostly Calgary. Pretty much <laughs> Calgary pretty much dominating the puck. And Spurgeon getting tons of blocks there when it, when it mattered most. So, to pass out the awards for the week, it's like, where do we go? Um, you know, Zucker getting lots of points. He's certainly a candidate for the Mike Madonna Award. And, of course, the breakaway goal. The penalty pissed me off in that third period. Uh, I'm going to go with two guys. I'll go with Jason Zucker, Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon getting a couple assists the other night, and then just so many blocks here. It's too bad they were in losing efforts, but, man, it's certainly not because it certainly wasn't his fault. I mean, just awesome, awesome job by... Jason, or by uh, Jared Spurgeon. Of course, Jason Zucker as well. He's getting just racking up the assists, and that breakaway goal was a beautiful thing. It's fun to watch him just break away the way he does. Only his third goal of the season, but when he has a chance to get loose, get excited, because there's a pretty good chance he's going to score, and it's awesome to watch. Uh, awesome, awesome indeed. Spurgeon, though, I think is the more dominant guy for that MVP award for this week. Nice to see him. Nice to see him getting in the scoring column again. He did get his he, he did get his third assist in two games, again on that on that Koivu goal. So, hell yeah, we'll we'll take it. <laughs> so for the the uh, James Shepard Award, I'm gonna have to give it to Darcy Kemper. I I don't know. It's like he gives up one goal, you know, and, and it's yes, the defense could have been a lot better. They could have got the puck out, but four goals against. Ah, uh, it's like you're counting on the guy. You're hoping for the best. Yet at the same time. I'm going to be generous today, like I was generous on the Mike McDonald Award. The whole first line, just it seemed like they were invisible the past couple nights. Um, Vancouver game especially, but against Calgary too. I mean, where where were they? It's just invisible. I mean, Eric Stahl looked like he was barely moving. And yes, he's the leading scorer, one of the leading scorers on the team. But he looked like he's moving in slow motion out there some nights. And it's just, he really did last night against Calgary at times. And I don't know. It seemed like they've been invisible. And I don't know what happened after a very after a very strong showing against Pittsburgh. It seems like they just tend to disappear again. So we'll just have to see what happens. They're, they're going to get the, uh, the four people are going to get the James Shepard Memorial for this week, unfortunately. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll preview three games in Canada, two against Edmonton, which I'm looking forward to. That's going to be fun. Classic uh, Northwest Division rival there. You know, when we were in the Northwest... I miss that a little bit. Believe it or not, I do miss it because <laughs> I hate St. Louis and Chicago. Be careful what you wish for because this whole this new format mm, has us playing Chicago if we intend to go to the finals. At, or, yeah, playing Chicago if we even tend to get to the conference final. The Western Conference final, we'll probably have to play Chicago at some point. 
Yeah, yeah. So be careful what you wish for. You know, I, I kind of miss the Northwest Division. I, and you know what? Working second shift at times, I miss that. I miss the. Uh, I miss the late game, so I don't have to rewatch them later on. You know what I mean? It's like you could just kind of get home and watch the whole game. Maybe replay just a tiny bit of it, not like the whole thing in order to do this show, you know, so it's, and you know what, and I want to watch the whole game anyway, it's not just because I do the show, the show is just a Isaac on the cake, man, it's gravy, I love this show so much, I hope you enjoy it as well, so with that, again, we will take a quick break and <laughs> do the previews right after this. <laughs> Segment number two, time to preview a couple games. And, of course, we're going to check in on the prospects and such. It's fun. I, I love doing that. And, yes, I do need to get a room with the Northwest Division, the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers particularly. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's like the good old days. You know, I, I, I liked the Flames in the past and then Edmonton. I mean, hello. <laughs> Edmonton was so good back in the good old days, back in the 80s. Awesome, awesome days. Um, I don't know. I just, I like the heritage of those teams. It's classic. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Home-and-home uh, home situation with Edmonton, and then, of course, we head to Toronto. So at least we'll get one home game there, and then it'll start a three-game homestand with Edmonton, St. Louis, and Florida. Florida, who's been struggling, and they fired their coach. Looks like Mr. Uh, Yarmor Yager might be done this year because, yeah, it's way down, kind of like how things tend to go sometimes when guys get to that point when finally they really are old enough, that type of thing, or old enough. They really are too old now. It's time to go. It's sad. I mean, I, yeah, you just you just got to love the history of guys like that. They've had such a, he's had such a long, wonderful, illustrious career, but it's probably coming to an end. I wish he was on a better team. Maybe he will get traded. Never know. Maybe he'll get traded to a good team to see what happens, you know, see what happens. Maybe you can get the cup one last time. <laughs> get traded to Minnesota, right? Okay, Edmonton Oilers. We head to Edmonton. Yes, sir. Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, goody, lucky us, right? Uh, Edmonton is now in third place, believe it or not. Third place, like I said before, in the Pacific Division. They've dropped off significantly. They have 28 points right now. They're tied with Anaheim. So good good luck with that, unfortunately for them. And, of course, Calgary breathing down their back with, yeah, Chad Johnson's been phenomenal. He, he really has. This Edmonton team, you know, regardless... How things go this season? Oh my, they are gonna—they're gonna take over, boy. They're gonna be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. I mean, Connor McDavid is just amazing. Thirty-four points in only twenty-five games, eleven goals, twenty-three assists. Just a highlight reel. I mean, time and time again, you get you get uh, alerts from the NHL app saying Connor McDavid just a spectacular play. Now, of course, he had a drought there for a while, but he still has eleven goals, and he—he he is just taking over the league. He's, he's the next Gretzky or whatever he is. At least in Edmonton terms, he is the next Gretzky. Yes, he's the next superstar Edmonton Oiler. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a guy the Wild would have loved to acquire during the offseason. I would think his trade value has dropped significantly. Only 11 points in the same 25 amount, uh, twenty-five games. Uh, young Tyler Pitlick. Uh, yep, he is the son of, of uh, Lance Pitlick, the former NHLer with many teams, including the uh, Ottawa Senators and such, in the past. Uh, boy, his 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 uh, other son, Rem, Rem Pitlick, yeah, he was very good last night, helping the Gophers beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. Really cool. 
um, on the road, road win for the Wild, for the Gophers. Very important there. <laughs> so it's like I, I had to kind of bounce over to that. Rem Pidlick with a multi-assist game. Young center, only a freshman. He's got 10 points in 11 games with the Gophers there. That's very cool. And then you have Brent Gates, the former twin in Oakland Athletic. Jack Sedak, the former, uh, the, or yeah, not former, the Wild uh, seventh-round pick a couple years back. He's more a stay-at-home tough guy type. And even Jack Ramsey. Yep, son of, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just... Son of the former Wild assistant coach, and of course the <laughs> the uh, U.S. Olympic team. Very cool. Um, Mike Ramsey, just awesome. Uh, it, it's crazy how many connections are on the Gophers right now. It's kind of funny, Pitlick and all of them. It's it's just interesting. It's just all kind of good timing. Okay, I'm getting way off track. Uh, Edmonton. Well, the Wild know how to play these guys. They played well against them, and then at the same time, the Edmonton Oilers have played against the Wild too. Um, when the Wild beat the Oilers, it's usually like a 2-1, to 3-2 to two type game. And when the Oilers beat the Wild, it's like 4-1. to one. That's my concern coming in. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch Connor McDavid, though. I, I, I won't deny that. Uh, tomorrow night, Sunday night, December the 4th, 9.30 Eastern. So, of course, 8.30 Central for those of us over here. Uh, Cam Talbot has been good. Not as good of late, but, boy, he started off the season fantastic. Uh, Jonas Gustafsson, in relief, has been very good as well in very limited action. Only only uh, two starts, one-and-one one record. But, you know, I mean, Cam Talbot, he's dropped off of late. I mean, he's been giving up more goals. But Edmonton, just when they're on, they're on. I mean, they scored six goals against Winnipeg just the other day. I mean, Winnipeg, generally more of a defensive team. But even the Wilds, kind of in, in their standards, lit them up 3-1. to one. Last week, uh, six goals, though. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Six goals by Edmonton. So, huge concern for me coming in. And that was a roadie. That was a roadie for the Edmonton Oilers in their most recent uh, game. They have uh, definitely struggled, though, losing three in a row. To, they lost two games to Arizona. Wow. They lost two games in a row to Arizona. Oh, my. Uh, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Uh, the, the the goal scoring completely stopped. They scored only three goals in two games. They make up, and then only two goals against Toronto the next night. Toronto, again, they're a legitimate, uh, quote-unquote, surprise in the Eastern Conference. They're playing much better. We're going to see some future stars in this league this week with old-school heritage teams from Canada. Kind of going to be cool. Um, how are the Wild going to perform against this one I, on the road in Edmonton? I don't know. Uh, I don't like this matchup. Right now, I, I don't like it on the road, but then again, have the Wild been that great at home either? I mean, you lose one nothing at home to Calgary games like that, uh, but I'm sure it'll feel good to come home. Um, mm, I don't know what to make of it, because, I mean, obviously, Boudreaux, I mean, there, there, there's got to be some urgency with this team right now after losing to Vancouver and Calgary. <sighs> okay, I, I'm starting to, it's starting to kind of come my crystal ball. The Wild will win in Edmonton. And it's going to be 4-3. to three. It's going to be a 4-3 to three game. Hopefully, it doesn't have to go to overtime to get it because the Wild will lose 4-3. to three. The 4 will be the shootout slash over, shootout, either the shootout win or somebody will score in overtime. Connor McDavid will probably score in overtime or somebody like that or freaking Benoit Puglia. Watch, watch that happen. Uh, Puglia is certainly more and more quiet. He's been kind of pushed further and further down because of all these young stars in yeah, the other... Uh, just so many players. I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been pushed down. That's obviously why his numbers are lower. I think hopefully you could trade for him, but maybe that's all he is. Uh, Milan Lucic and, and Leon Dristel. I mean, he's just been fantastic as well. 20 points. Uh, the Wild could use any one of these guys. Any one of them. I mean, Jordan Eberle. Uh, Jiminy Christmas. This is a team on the rise, and it's about time because they had so many awful seasons. They could still use a good defenseman, though, I'm sure. I'm sure they could. 
Uh, man. I, <laughs> I'll pick a win. I'm going to go four to three in regulation. A regulation win for the Wild against the Edmonton Oilers. I guess, you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of scared, but I think <laughs> uh, this will be after they host the Anaheim Ducks. So, yeah, maybe maybe they'll beat the Ducks or something, and then they'll lose to the Wild. We'll just hope and pray, hope in good faith. I'm concerned with this one. Um, the most likely guy to score in the game, we'll go with Charlie Coyle. He, he, he tends to score against the Calgary's and Edmonton's. I have confidence that Charlie Coyle is going to get his ninth goal of the season, which will lead the team, which is nice. It ain't. Quite at McDavid's level, but it's getting there. Uh, McDavid has way more assists than he has goals, but still. Still, you know the goals are going to keep coming. The guy is just, yeah, future star in this league. Um, But Charlie Coyle will help the Wild win the game. We head to Toronto, Ontario, Wednesday, December the 2nd, 7th, 7th, sorry. Uh, Well, hmm. See how things go with this one. Competition sure a lot more tight over there in the Eastern Conference, at least in that <laughs> that division these guys are in. Jiminy, I mean, they're struggling over there in the Atlantic Division. The Atlantic Division, 24 points, not the worst thing ever, but they're in seventh place because there's so much there's so much strength up there. Montreal's still as good as it gets. Boston's gotten better. Tampa's still Tampa. Florida's still decent. Detroit's still around. I mean, yeah, what a tough division. Uh, as good as Toronto's been playing, they have a winning record. The only team they're ahead of is Buffalo, and Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres are 500 this year. Wow. Atlantic Division is as good as it gets. Wow. And people that rip the Eastern Conference, uh, stop ripping the Eastern Conference. They're pretty good. <laughs> it's gotten much, much, much better. Uh, who will be in net? Will it be Enroth or Frederick Anderson? Last time around it was Enroth, and the Wild took advantage of it in a huge way. He's got a goals against average, almost four. Uh, I hope Enroth's in there, but I'm sure it'll be Frederick Anderson, who's 10 and 6 on the season. His goals against average isn't that great either. Uh, no shutouts on the year. Still just a little bit below three in the goals against average category. Austin Matthews certainly flashes at times. He's got 10 goals on the season. He's only a rookie, though. That's the hope. <laughs> but it's going to be fun to watch him. I mean, you got Nylander. The, they acquired the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs acquired him not that long ago. He's doing really well. Uh, James Von Rimsdick is leading the way. But only, I mean, only one point lead over Austin Matthews. So all those guys kind of, it's a very top-heavy team, and then it drops off a bit. Uh, this is the team the Wild can score on, I gotta hope. And last, last time around, it was fairly low scoring, but the Wild got the job done, thankfully. That's what I was happy about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel too confident about this. I mean, mm, it's a tougher place to play, I gotta think. I mean, the Wild took advantage last time around, 3-2. to two. That's not the greatest thing you ever saw. <sighs> I don't know. I don't feel too good. I don't know. I I want to pick a win. Uh, then again, the goaltending is not good. And whenever a team has poor goaltending, the Wild tend to take advantage of it. It's such a weird team. And this is why Boudreaux gets so frustrated, because they can go out there against a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury and score six goals. And then Chad Johnson, it's like you hardly see anything. I mean, you're lucky to get two goals against the guy. You know, so if it really depends on the goalie. But then, and then in turn, you have Kemper on the other end just sucking. Or maybe the defense lets uh, Dubnik down big time. I mean, usually when Dubnik has a, has a not-so-good game, it's the defenseman not paying attention or forwards making a horrible turnover, stuff like that, or defensemen making terrible turnovers. So... Uh, I'm going to step out in faith. I think the I think the Wild win this one. I think the Wild will finish this uh, road trip with two wins. I'm going to go with the win. I'm going to be confident. I think they'll 
light the lamps against this not-so-good defense and young offense. They're going to give up some goals. We're going to go with 4-2. The Wild will win the game 4-2 over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they're top-heavy in the scoring category, but after that, again, it drops off because they, you know, they're still rebuilding. They're still developing. In fact, they've been rebuilding since you know 1967, but no, just about. <laughs> but... Uh, that's pretty much the situation now. Uh, Toronto, basically, they're on the verge of getting much better, but they're not there yet. Uh, they're another couple of draft picks away, or basically just you know other prospects developing in their in their system. And of course, the prospects that are already in the NHL continuing to develop. As Austin Matthews will obviously become a superstar in this league. I gotta think he's gonna be a hundred point type of guy. He ain't there yet. But he will be in time. He'll probably get 60, 70 points this year. I'd take that out of any rookie. That's for damn sure. But um, goaltending the defense still very much, very much in question in Toronto. And I think the Wild take advantage of that and win 4-2. to two. And the most ugly guy to score in this one? Shall I go with the... Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, little bit wild one. I'm going to go with Jonas Brodeen. will get his third goal of the year. How about that? Jonas Brodeen, third goal of the season on the power play against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why not? And then the Wild play Edmonton again at home. I don't feel... This is the one, I think, where it'll be the trap game. We're all excited. Nice little roadie. We can beat Edmonton again. And the Oilers will disappoint the Wild. And you're going to see Connor McDavid or whoever just light the lamps in this one. Milan Lucic. Don't be surprised to see something, you know, somebody like that. Or Ryan Nugent Hopkins show us what we didn't get to have because maybe we didn't give up like Jared Spurgeon for him, that type of thing. That's pretty expensive considering what Nugent Hopkins is delivering to the... uh, to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, if this is what the Wild would get out of Nugent Hopkins, we'd be very upset uh, losing Jerry Spurgeon because I'm guaranteed Spurgeon's numbers would be higher in Edmonton at this point when you have guys like that uh, in their top line, their their top six. So, boy, (laughs) we'd be very upset at this point. It would be nice to have Nugent Hopkins along with Stahl and such. Maybe not on the same line, but you get the idea. Like, they're all there. Then you have some depth, and you can really hope for something. Uh, Nugent Hopkins might play wing, or maybe actually Stahl would play wing, and then you can really shovel things around with Parisi, Coyle, and such in the top six. But that never happened. It still could, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, yeah, Edmonton's going to win the game. We're going to be frustrated. It'll be something on the lines. It's going to be kind of, I don't know, um, We'll go 3-2. to two. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a dominant game, but I think the Wild scoring is going to be disappointing. I think they're going to be slack-jawed in this one. And from what we've seen in the past, we'll go with a 3-2 to victory. Most likely got to score in this game will be. Not that it really matters, but it's just kind of fun. I'll go with Eric Halla. He'll get his fifth goal of the year. Gritty, gritty, getting close to the net and putting it through. Um... Granlund. I'm, I'm going to go with Granlund, actually. I have a feeling Mikhail Granlund will score in this game. Uh, something something similar likes, because Granlund's goals usually are fairly close to the net. He's <laughs> on some type of a sticky, re- juicy rebound. He'll, he'll be the most likely guy to score in this one. I, I got a feeling, so we'll go with that one. Um, there it is. Wild lose 3-2. to two. Maybe, maybe it goes to overtime, shootout something, but the Wild won't win the game. And there you go. So, Wild go 2-1, and one, believe it or not. They'll get 4 points out of six. Not too bad. Not too bad. It'll they'll hold their place in third place in the <laughs> hold their position of third place in the Central Division in the Western Conference. So now let's check in on the prospects. Let's look around a little bit. Uh, in Iowa, Alex Tuck finally adding a couple points down there. He's at thirteen. Olafson's at twelve points. Looking very strong for a defenseman. Offensive defenseman definitely leading the way on the power play 
down there in Iowa. Mike Riley's been sent down again. He's doing all right. Nothing special. Uh, it took forever for Mario Lachia to finally add his third goal of the season. He's at eight points in 18 games. He's still third line down there. He certainly hasn't emerged. And Polkinen and Schrader leading the way. <laughs> Polkinen and Schrader leading the way. And that's unfortunately probably what's going to be, that's probably where they're going to be all year. They're going to just lead the Iowa Wild in scoring and probably never make it to the NHL, unfortunately. Uh, Alex Daylock continues to shine down there. He's 6-5, and five, winning record. He's the first goalie with a winning record in like three years down there in Iowa. It's been quite a while. Very cool to see. Uh, Alex Daylock certainly looking like a nice emergency backup. Or say, if Boudreaux finally loses patience with Darcy Kemper, you might see Darcy down there and Alex up here at some point. <laughs> Don't be too surprised. <laughs> Nick Steeler with a massive hit last week. I think I think I talked about that on the last show. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> all he really does is get penalty minutes down there so far, the former gopher. Uh, he's a nice stay-at-home defenseman for the most part, but he's, grand scheme of things, he's struggling at the uh, AHL level to this point. And, of course, Stamina's still bit by the injury bug. He's been struggling down there mightily. Uh, not translating to the, uh, to, the, to the pro level yet. I, I don't know if he will. Maybe he's just too small. I don't know. Some, some guys translate. Some guys don't, and that's unfortunate. Other than that, um, we'll just wrap things up with the Solokov watch. I love uh, Sokolov watch. I love Dmitry Solokov. Of course, the uh, Russian seventh rounder the Wild took with all that talent. Uh, the Sudbury Wolves, he's got 18 goals, 23 points, 24 games in the OHL's Sudbury Wolves. 18 goals. He is just dominating in the goal category. He's going to get 40-plus this year down there. Let's hope the Wild maybe bring him to the, I would recommend getting him to the AHL level, see what he can do, and go from there. Hopefully this will be... Uh, Hopefully the Wild make the move in the offseason, bring him over to the AHL, or maybe later this year. Who who knows? Really like what he's doing down there, though. Uh, he's he's putting the puck in the net. You you can't ask for more. Um, Wild may may have a gem with that seventh round pick. I've been keeping an eye on him all year, and I'm going to keep doing that forever because you just never know. Maybe he really will be one of those great seventh round picks. Uh, Eric Hall has been a pretty good one. We all know that. Not a superstar, but he's good, and maybe Solkov will at least be good at the NHL level. He's certainly going to have to do the hard work, though. But if if he can flat out score goals, I mean, the Wild have the Wild have been dying to have that since Marion Gabrick left, or since the nineteenth time Marion Gabrick got injured, basically like injured his groin. That's pretty much what he was doing at the NHL level after his first couple of great seasons and a couple of really good years later on before the injury bug really bit him for good. Um, and it's certainly taken this toll on his career. Now it's Los Angeles uh, Kings. He hardly did anything last year, and he's barely visible. He's played his, he, he played his first game just last week for the Los Angeles Kings. So, I don't know. Hopefully hopefully Sokolov will be that guy one day. You, you never know. Obviously, the odds are highly against it, but, hey, he's, he's scoring. So he's scoring at the OHL level. Now let's move on to AHL, see if he can translate that to the, to the next level, and then go from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he was a top prospect. We all know that. And to see him drop that far, hmm, well, just hope for the best. Okay, I've been kind of running that into the ground. I apologize. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Please tell your friends about Brave the Wild, if you could. Make a positive rating, write a positive review on iTunes or Stitcher. Again, if you could, would be greatly appreciated. I want to thank those of you that have been loyal to the show 
Uh, those of you that might be in and out here and there, maybe maybe I record the show too often or something, or it's not like it's too often, but you don't keep up with the show all the time. Well, th- thanks for listening anyway. I do appreciate it. Tell a friend or two about the show if you could. would be greatly appreciated. Join the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Give that a follow. And there is a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. And do your statement, shout out, question, comment, whatever it is. Now, of course, that's like if you're in the United States, you can call that with a cell phone. But there's multiple ways to get a hold of Brave the Wild, even if you're, even if you're international. Uh, there's the call now button on the Facebook page. Simply go there, click click on it, and it'll go through Facebook Messenger to the the, the sports stuff, the, the TSS line basically is what it is. The same voicemail line that I just mentioned. And then there's the other route where you could uh, do the audio submission, do, a, do an audio submission, which is uh, through a free recording app on any smart device. Just record a, record a treat it like a phone call for like one to two minutes. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladino Live at yahoo.com. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with hopefully a two and one record at least. Thank you.